0: the screencast episode 144 i am sean Dereger and with me is bj Calangelo. oh hi also with me is with us is stephanie crawford stephanie welcome back
1: thank you hey and no brad
0: brad is on his way to fantastic fest so he uh he opted out of this uh episode because otherwise he'd be running on like two to three hours worth of sleep, and I'm told that that's not a good way to start a film festival. Correct. <laughs> awesome. Well, today we are going to be talking about Arrow Video's release of The Slayer. We'll also be discussing um, a Shutter exclusive Among the Living, and then we'll be jumping into our VHS Oh My God segment and talking about Backwoods from 1987. Yeah. But first, uh, let's jump into what's on our doorstep.
2: Holy cow. I almost forgot. We'll get the door. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, Stephanie, we can start with you. What have you been watching?
3: Um, a few days ago, I watched um, a movie that came out in 2015 called Intruders. It was on Showtime. Um, I had never heard a thing about this before going in, but it looked interesting. And it was. It's about Agoraphobic, who is the victim of a home invasion. And it has some pretty interesting twists. Um, The acting's really solid. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's quiet, but it's definitely worth your time. And... another one uh recently it's a korean sci-fi anthology film called doomsday book came out a few years ago
0: hmm oh
3: yeah one of the filmmakers made i saw the devil yeah i think i've heard of that and oh okay yeah this one blew me away um i i literally was at Fry's. i saw it for three dollars i'm like yeah i'll try that for three dollars Um, so it's three different stories. Uh, the first one, it's, um, kind of a zombie virus story, but it, it's like one of the most gorgeous, funny, and heartwarming, you know, everyone's getting disgustingly infected, uh, stories on film I've seen. And the second one, it's, um, that's more of where the sci-fi comes in, um, It's basically Buddhists and robots. That's kind of all I can say about it. It's gorgeous, though. (laughs) (laughs) And the next one, it's like um, kind of a post-apocalyptic story based around a family. And that one, it's more goofy, but the family itself, they're so charming. And they're so funny. And altogether, it's probably one of my new favorite anthology films. And I grabbed it for $3 randomly. So I, you know, if you ever <laughs> want to try something for a few bucks, I always recommend doing that because you never know what you'll find. That's awesome.
0: I know this was on Netflix for a while. I'm not sure if it's still there, but uh, when it first came out, I think they released it on, it was uh, put on to Netflix for a while. So
3: yeah, it, it's definitely worth it. It's gorgeously made. A lot of love was put into it, but it's also a lot of fun. And I I saw this um, obscure little indie movie uh, cool. called It. It's based on a literary work. <laughs> um, I think I think I was like though. So it is it a lot of fun. Um, I I enjoyed the actors, the ch- child actors most of all. Um, but no, I thought it was. You know, I have a few hang-ups, but overall, I really enjoyed it. But I'm excited to hear what you guys think. Because I'm trying to chase everyone's <laughs> opinion on Twitter all the time about it. And you guys could, like, help me and just say it into my ears. That would be amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, being a child of the 80s, I fucking loved it. So, I mean, it it had, like... People, it's so annoying, because when I got out of the movie, people were like, oh, it was just like Stranger Things, but like (laughs) R-rated, you know, and I'm just like, you guys are not getting it, like, I mean, these are obviously people who haven't, didn't grow up with films in the 80s, and of course, people are being introduced to that time period, I guess, that feeling through Stranger Things, so I kind of get it, It you know, there's a shared actor in there, um, but, um... But I, I loved it. Like it it reminded me a lot of like, uh, everything I loved about like movies like, uh, the Goonies and, um, Monster Squad. Um, and then I I think for me is like probably one of the best Stephen King adaptations so far. Like I've always thought there's a a handful of good Stephen King adaptations, but it feels like nobody really kind of, I don't know, can really get Stephen King on the film. In a way, I think the, uh, another one that terrified me that I think did a, they did a great job was Pet Cemetery, but uh, most of the time Stephen King films are hit or miss. I like them all, but I feel like this being the event film that it was uh, as a horror film, kind of a uh, basically bringing it to the big screen as opposed to that uh, to the miniseries. That actually I really dug the miniseries quite a bit so a lot of people revisited they didn't like it um i still like most of it pennywise is probably uh, played by tim curry is probably my still my favorite thing out of that thing but i don't have like i didn't hate it when i revisited it but i can see where people would have you know problems with the miniseries but um but for the most part I, I absolutely adored it i thought it was great yeah and uh, my daughter keeps bugging me to see it and she's on the fence whether or not she wants to actually go to the theater because to her, like being in the theater, you're trapped and <laughs> you can't, you can't escape or pause or go get a snack uh, when you're scared. So she's so far made up her mind that she's no wait till it comes out on Blu-ray, but she's still kind of on the fence. Like her mind might change. So that's that's my reaction to it.
3: Actually sat, sat next to a group of seven year olds in the theater and they were completely quiet. They laughed at the losers club. Uh, they handled it really well. Um, they were little boys and they tend to like play up when they're scared. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I think either way you guys will have a really memorable experience with
0: it. And, uh, if you, if you have a chance, check out Anya uh, Novak's write up on birth movies death about her going to see it with her nine year old son. Um, fantastic review. And actually I teared up <laughs> and started crying <laughs> during <laughs>
1: That's a that great point uh, of view.
0: review. And, uh, I like got all like emotional. It was, I was like, what is wrong with me? Why am I getting emotional? Why am I
3: feeling things? <gasps>
0: <gasps> but it's great. Like seeing her son like get that film. And get like the friendships because he has like kind of a ragtag group of friends, I guess. And him kind of relating his friendships to the kids in the movies. Just fantastic. Great, great um, review. Of the I film.
1: got to see it in the dri- at the drive-in, which was a really, really special experience. <laughs> One, it's always fun to be able to see something at a drive-in because it just makes me think of those moments I had as a kid that made me fall in love with movies. And, um, I think that it was sort of the perfect movie for that because, you know, it's set in the eighties and that's, that's what I remember seeing as a kid in the movies that make me happy, like, you know, gremlins or the Goonies or whatever, like that world is what I remember. And that's what I would see at the drive-in or growing up. And, being able to see a bunch of kids laying in the flatbed of a truck, like scream their face off, was a total blast. <laughs> um, as far as the movie itself is concerned, I think that it was a really nice interpretation of the text. Um, I actually don't hate the liberties they took with it. I actually really like it. Um, it has a very special place in my heart because I watched the miniseries when I was four and a half with my mom. It yeah. is. One of the earliest memories that I have, like I look back at childhood and I remember falling back in on a chair in preschool, like leaning back too far and falling and thinking I was going to die and watching it. Like those are my two earliest memories. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but a lot of people would think that I have a sense of fondness for it which I don't Um, I think that the original miniseries is absolute trash and the only reason that people like it is because Tim Curry as Pennywise was so remarkable and so effective and that's what everyone cites as like their fear of clowns and whatnot Um, so seeing this movie sort of gave me the story that I always wanted from the miniseries but never got um, and I actually really liked Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. I liked that he didn't try to do Tim mm-hmm. Curry because you just can't. That's like when people, people got upset, like, why well, was an Ash in the Evil Dead remake? Because you can't be fucking Ash. Like, it's just too iconic <laughs> of a character. You have to do something completely different. Otherwise everyone's just going to be mad that you're not as good as the other person. So I really respect the choices that he made with the character. Um, CGI is a little iffy for me, but it wasn't enough to make me dislike the movie as a whole. Um, I am really excited to see what they're going to do with the parents or the adults, I should say, because the adult mm-hmm. storyline is always what I never cared about with the miniseries. Um, but I think that they've established such great, relationships with all these kids that i'm really gonna feel for it when the adult stories hit
0: yeah and it sounds like they're gonna be kind of splicing back with some flashback scenes
1: i've read somewhere and i'm not sure if it's true and i feel like i already talked on record acting like it was true so if i'm mistaken fuck me i'm sorry um but i had heard somewhere that they already shot the scenes that would be needed for the for the okay. sequel, um, because yeah. knowing how long it takes to make movies, that the kids will grow yeah. up. And they're at that age where, like,
3: in a week, they look different.
0: Well, just, yeah, just look at Game of Thrones.
1: Right. Their voices are all going to change, and it's going to be the Brady <laughs> Bunch song yeah. all over again. Um, but I, yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it with a double feature of The Lost yeah. Boys. Which is a really odd pairing. <laughs> um, but it was a blast. I mean, we went from like. Awesome pairing. <laughs> we went from, you know, this really kind of sentimental, big budget, or not big budget, mid budget horror movie that is like a complete cultural t- timepiece now, uh, back to like the second gayest vampire movie ever made. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was such a blast. <laughs> I would never seen it. I- I've never seen The Lost Boys on the big screen. So that was really exciting. And. Uh, it's just so oh, gay and wonderful. It makes me so happy. We just jumped all over your doorstep. Uh, Steph, did you have anything <laughs> <Yep>. else?
3: <laughs> uh, no, you guys stamped everything there, and now my doorstep is empty. So, move on. <laughs>
1: Cool. Right. I'll, yeah, I'll jump into some of the stuff that I saw. Uh the first one I'll get out of the way because it's a trash nightmare and everyone knows it's a trash nightmare is uh I had a fever today and I decided to watch American Psycho Two with Mila Kunis. Because it had Classic. it had been a while. I honestly couldn't remember what happened in most of it. And then I watched it and I went, Yep, this is everything that I thought it was going to be. It's a mess. But I kind of love how much of a mess it is. It's like, I wouldn't call it a guilty pleasure, one, because I don't believe in them, and two, because I don't know if I actually liked it, but upon re-watching it, I'm not mad that I rewatched it. Like, I fully accept that this is a poorly constructed film and has no business being an American Psycho re- uh, sequel, but it's so insane that I respect it. Because I just watched this movie happen, and it's like, how did William Shatner and Mila Kunas get this script and think, yeah, yeah, I'll sign on to this? Like,
0: because money?
1: I think can't <laughs> have even been paid that well because the budget was probably twelve cents. Um, so oh. I, I, don't know uh, if you. That that's a movie that I would recommend if you're like six deep. Like that, that's a good choice then, and really no other time. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, American Psycho 2. I also checked out the Malaysian zombie film, KL Zombie. Um, I learned by watching it that I am not the target audience for Malaysian films. (laughs) I need to watch more of them to understand them. Korean films? Awesome. Japanese, Chinese? Awesome. Perfect. Malaysian, I have no idea what's happening. Um, I don't understand that culture sense of humor. I don't understand that culture sense of scares. I don't understand a lot of things that are going on with their cinematic world. And that's totally cool. That just means that it's not for me. Um, it's a very slapsticky zombie film about this, like, slacker, stoner, delivery guy who then has to, like, save the world against the zombie apocalypse. The zombie effects are pretty awesome. I will give it that, but there's just so much weird shit going on as far as pacing, as far as what, I assume they're trying to consider comedy, but it almost feels like when you watch a Japanese commercial and you're like, wow, that is so over the top, you're just selling toothpaste, chill out, but it's that for a whole movie, where it's just like, that is not how a person responds to that situation. Um it's on Netflix, if you really wanna check it out. It's like it's like a slide whistle away from just being a like a, a radio show soundboard set to film. It's so strange. Um
0: What what was it called? K-Z K Z Zombie?
1: K L Zombie. K L
0: um, Zombie.
1: Yeah, the K L is um the <laughs> I wanna call it the it's the koala lumpur, Lumpar, lumpur, lumpur. <sighs> it's a place like it's a location. So it's yeah, but it's, it's about a slacker saving the world against zombies pretty much. Um, (laughs) But there's some really, there's some like really weird stuff with like teachers yelling at children. Um, (laughs) I don't, I don't know what's happening in Malaysia, but I want, I like want to watch more Malaysian cinema now because I, it caught me so off guard that I, it's on me. Like I just need to understand this culture more. Um, so I watched that. Then I watched another Netflix exclusive because that's what I do when I'm sick. I watched, uh, What Happened to Monday. Um, oh, somebody's getting arrested on my street. That was a siren. (laughs) Um, What Happened to Monday is a post-apocalyptic film with Glenn Close and the actress who was the original Lisbeth Salander in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo films. Um, But what it is, is, like, there is a crazy level of overpopulation in the world. Like, it's a global issue. So they have established a one-child-per-family rule. And if you have multiple children, then what they will do, like, if you have twins or something, is that they will take all of the children but the oldest ones and put them in, like, this cryogenic sleep. So that when the... World has figured out how to deal with this overpopulation. They can unfreeze these people and they can live amongst everyone else. Like that's the, that's the promise (laughs) that they make. Yeah. It's weird. That's the promise they make. But because it's a post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie, you can imagine that's probably not what actually happens. Um, but what happens to Monday is about seven sisters. They're all named after each day of the week. Um, they have somehow, uh, managed to all survive where the government hasn't tracked them all down and, um, you know, fro- f- put them to sleep. But what happens is the girls all pretend to be one person. So they'll take turns going out in public and, um, you know, today I'm Karen and then tomorrow you're Karen and they do it by whatever day of the week their are named is. So Monday goes out as Karen on Monday, Tuesday goes out as Karen on Tuesday. Um, and then obviously post-apocalyptic sci-fi, the government finds out and they're not happy about it. Um, Shit gets really weird. Um, There's a lot of really interesting uh, social politics that go along with this and, like, who has the right to decide life, who has the right to decide what to do about population control, um, all sorts of craziness. Um, I actually really, really enjoyed it. It does sort of fall into that kind of run-of-the-mill um, sci-fi action movie where everything is kind of shot the same, everything has the same color scheme. Glenn Close is fucking killer in it. She's really, really good. Um, but I I definitely recommend it. I, I like that one a lot. It's hard to review it without spoiling it because there's a lot of moving parts that are going on from kind of from Jump Street. But if you like sci-fi action films or like futuristic action films definitely check it out um uh, and the last thing that i saw is sort of horror but not really horror um i binge watched all of american vandal holy oh shit american vandal (laughs) is my favorite tv series so far this year oh my god so For those that don't know what it is, American Vandal is a mockumentary in the style of making a murderer, but it is about a kid who is accused of spray painting 27 dicks on teacher's cars. (laughs) So it is this very, like, they take it very seriously, like, mockumentary, like, true crime series about, like, the most immature crime in the entire world. Uh, it's written by some of the people behind funny or die but it is done with such earnesty that you can't help but be sucked into it the same way you would be watching making a murderer or the keepers or any number of these sort of mini series focusing on a crime it is so compelling and so laugh out loud funny that I I don't know how more people aren't talking about it like it is one of the best, pieces of satire I've seen in, like, pr- honestly, probably since Spinal Tap. Like, right now, my three favorite mockumentaries of all time are Spinal Tap, Dropped Dead Gorgeous, and now this. It's that fucking good. Okay, I'm confused. <laughs> oh, my, like, That's I was watching, amazing. I was watching it, and I'm like, This is the stupidest thing. Like, oh my god, like, why would I care about some high schooler who spray-painted 27 dicks? And then it just, like, starts to unravel into this world of, like, how we judge one another just based off of preconceived notions and how we all jump to conclusions and make assumptions and how all of those things can, like, be humongously detrimental to somebody's life. Like, oh god, it's so good, but it's so, so funny. And it's never, like... It's never wink at the camera. And I think that's what makes it work because it'd be so easy to just go off the fucking deep end because it's about like the, the, ha- the hashtag that Netflix uses for it is hashtag who drew the dick. So <laughs> you'd think like oh, this is going to be the most immature and juvenile thing in the world. And it's not like it's so good and compelling. So if you. R- Everyone watch it. I don't care what you're into. Watch it. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and that's my doorstep, y'all.
0: Very nice. All right, I'll try to blast through some stuff here. I have some books to talk about.
1: What? Oh boy, you read what? some stuff. What?
0: Um, I wanted to give it to talk about really quick. Um, see Robert Cargill. He's also known as worm He was of all. He was like a writer for Ain't a Cool News, and he's he's the a best. screenwriter. Sinister, Sinister Two, Doctor Strange. He's been a podcaster, uh, super smart. Every time I listen to him, I'm like, fuck me. Why am I doing podcasting? Because <laughs> he's on a whole other Junk level. Junk
3: food cinema is Junk
0: food great. cinema, yeah. So well, he he has a few books out, and I finally bought all those books. I haven't read them yet, but I wanted to give them a shout-out because it's going to take me a while to read these, and it's kind of fresh in my mind that you guys should check these out. So uh his new book is called Sea of Rust. It's like a sci-fi robot uh post-apocalyptic story which i'm really excited to jump into but he has two other books um uh i can't remember which uh, dream dreams and shadows was his first one and then queen of the dark things was the follow-up so those two you can probably get on hard cover for like fairly cheap i think i got these three books for like 25 dollars total um but it's always cool to kind of support somebody who started out, you know, as a blogger, podcaster, and then he's moved on to all this amazing stuff. Um, he's a really gifted writer. I've read the first chapter of Sea of Rust, and I can't wait. I, it's like I need to find time to just go in a corner in a room and just read. Um, I need to figure that out, but I want to give a quick shout out to those books. Um, next, Paperbacks from Hell just came out today. Oh, I want this that. is Grady Hendrix. <laughs> He has, it's a twisted history of 70s and 80s horror fiction. Um, a lot of great write-ups about all these books. He's detailed every single book in different kind of subgenres. All the amazing cover art is on display in this book. Um, if you're a fan of these types of books, definitely please grab this. It's just, it's beautiful. Like, Oh my god, I I, lo- I love these types of books. But the way it's set up is just is gorgeous.
1: Is this more of a coffee table book where it's just the covers, or do they go in depth on the content?
0: There's some in depth writing on the content. I mean, there's um, uh, let's see, Russ Martin's Conspiracy of Kink uh there's a write up on there Fuck i mean, yeah. he he writes up about all these stories it's not just pictures like i have that vhs cover book which is cool but that's just all the covers like there's actually you know some some content in here to read and um it's set up more i guess kind of like a magazine i guess so yeah you know, it, it, it's it's fantastic i haven't jumped into reading it yet of course i just got it today but this thing is gorgeous um definitely it's out by quirk books and uh this thing is just uh it's it's a gorgeous book and uh definitely if you're into collecting these books grab this one
1: do you know then, how uh, much it runs for approximately
0: i think i got it for like uh 1999 the retail was like 25 bucks so um
1: that's really exciting
0: it's probably cheaper on amazon i would check it out
1: have you gone through all of it like is that when you finished? sorry
0: my brain like just stopped. No, I, I I have not. I mean, I got on my lunch break. I thumbed through it, and um, it's you know, I I want to, I want to dive into it more. But it's one of those I'll pick up and kind of read a chapter, look at the picture, you know, look at the art, and read about these books. I'll probably start a list of books I need to track down now. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty detailed. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. And I just God, th- they're like. The artwork of these books, just like, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, poster art was just a thing of beauty. Like, um, all these paperback covers are just so cool.
3: Yeah, I record this in my library, and I literally have, like, boxes of those 80s paperbacks behind me right now. I'll just take them out and look at them. And be like, oh. I highly recommend both of you check out the podcast Teen
1: Creeps. It's a podcast dedicated to all of the horror teen paperback books of the 80s. It's super fun.
0: All right. And finally, um, there's a, a book series done by Insight Editions and Cassine Gaines wrote, uh, all the text in this. It's, uh, The Dark Crystal, The Ultimate Visual History. I pre ordered this thing like a year ago and it like arrived today without me realizing that it was showing up. So.
1: How pretty is it?
0: It's fucking gorgeous. It's beautiful. Like, it's one of the most beautiful books I own. There's a lot of sketches in there, a lot of behind, like behind the scenes artwork. They even have, like, they'll kind of paste in, like, original, like, sketches, like, to make it look like it's it's an original sketch. It's kind of hanging on the paper inside of there. It's really different how they do it, but, uh, It's gorgeous. And I guess there's a labyrinth one as well that I didn't realize came out last year. So I guess I'll be getting that too. I'm going to run down movies super quick.
3: Are you sure you can talk about books more?
0: Hey, there's some pretty cool books. I don't know. I got it. I had to shout, give some shout outs. So real quick, the films that I've watched, um, I finally saw for the first time ever the movie Miracle Mile.
1: You've never seen that before?
2: What?
0: Crazy, right? And I think I watched it, like, on the same weekend that, like, uh, Trump had, like, was, like, making fun of North Korea. So I'm, like, you know, watching this movie about a potential nuclear holocaust. That could be any weekend in 2017. (laughs) Imagining that a nuclear holocaust can happen at any minute. But, uh, oh, my God, it's awesome. If you haven't seen it, if you've been pushing it off, uh, definitely give this thing a watch it was it surpassed my expectations and it's one of those movies too that I, for some reason I used I stayed in the dark I had no idea it was really about um like you know potential nuclear war so pretty great that's all I'll talk about
1: that was fast I'm impressed
0: yeah you know we got other stuff we need to get to we got to get to these movies and uh, I'll make a note on some of these things I haven't talked about and we'll talk about them next time. All right, uh, let's jump into news with Josh Obershaw, and we'll be back talking about The Slayer right after this. Well, Josh Obershaw joins us now for the news. Josh, what's up, man? It's been uh, a little while since you've been on. We had our little Fantastic Fest episode last time, and uh, now you're back. Yes, I am back.
2: And it's almost uh, October, so I'm really, really excited. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff we uh, got to go through.
0: All right. Well, it's the season.
2: All right, well first off, uh we already knew that uh, Cult of Chucky was going to be coming to home video on October 3rd, including a, you know, another box set with all the all the Child's play movies. But guess what? It's going to be coming to Netflix that same day.
0: Wow. I don't and know. Here, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that.
2: I don't know either. I mean, I I'm worried that it's going to take a huge chunk out of the sales of the yeah. home
0: video that's well, my biggest worry it's already leaked apparently and um yep. a rip of it has and uh the director tweeted out that uh universal has the and of course the people that leaked it tweeted out tweeted it out so universal has their information so i think <laughs> this release like look if you adore the chucky e. series like we do if you want this to keep going it's been the same director i think writer or, or yeah, uh, I could have my information wrong as far as that goes, but it's been the same director in every single film. That's huge. And I I feel like that's something that needs to be supported. So please support this film. It's only like sixteen ninety nine on Amazon. Pre order yep. that shit. Uh if you're a fan and um you know, I mean Netflix is great. Like Devil's Candy was on Netflix. I watched it before I I bought it. It's not even out yet, and it's on Netflix. I'll be buying it when it comes out, but I mean, streaming is great and all, but if it's something you love, like spend the money and buy the physical media because that helps more of these get made, helps these filmmakers move on to their next gig and stuff like that. So really, if you want to support the movie, buy, like purchase it, whether digitally or physical. So, all right. High horse off. I'm done.
2: <laughs> no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean if you wanted I mean if you want to preview it before you buy it, fine. Watch it on Netflix or watch it on AMC Fear Fest because it, it's believe it or not, yeah, it's playing during that this year too. Oh, cool, okay. And so but if you like it, please buy it. I mean I'm I'm sure as shit gonna buy it and I'll be, you know, wearing my new fright rags baseball tee, you know, yeah. to celebrate because, you know, new Chucky. Reason to celebrate. All right, moving on. Uh, let's see. Quick tidbit. The Dark Tower is going to be coming to Blu-ray and DVD on Halloween. It's going to include deleted scenes, bloopers, and some featurettes. So that's going to be courtesy of Sony. See if there's any other quick bits that I can go through. Uh, Paramount has announced well David Lynch himself announced on Twitter that Paramount is going to be re-releasing not re-releasing but releasing the new season of Twin Peaks on home video on December 5th. Awesome. So everybody take note and I need to catch up on
0: the original Twin Peaks and Firewalk with me. (laughs) Me So that gives me a little bit of never watched any of that. All right. It's a huge commitment.
2: It is it is I mean I mean, the first season is only, what, six to eight episodes, and yeah, yeah it's pretty really, really quick. So, okay, I'll
0: get to it. It's on my list. I'll get to it. All right.
2: And another quick tidbit for all you heavy metal fans, especially the band Slipknot. Eagle Rock Entertainment is releasing their concert, Day of the Gusano, on October 20th, just in time for Halloween. It's their first show in Mexico City. It was taped in December of 2015 in support of their album Five, The Great Chapter. And it's shot in HD and directed by the band's own M. Sean Crahan, or Clown, as he's known. So, yeah, if you like your Halloween heavy, be sure and pick that up.
0: Awesome.
2: Also from Warner Archive, coming in October, they've got The Hidden on the 3rd. The Green Slime on the 10th. And get this, Knuckle is coming to Blu-ray. That's going to be on the 24th. Yes. I've heard a lot of good things about that one. I can't wait to see it. Because I'm a slasher junkie, uh, Arrow. Let's take a look at Arrow. They just announced their December slate, and there's really not much. That's they're closing out the year, but <clears throat> putting out the House films individually.
0: Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes.
2: So, <laughs> so House One and Two are coming out individually on both sides of the Atlantic. House Three, aka a Horror Show. And House Four are going to be UK only. And guess what? You remember that American Horror Project box set? Yes. They're releasing the movies included in those individually as well. So yeah. you've got, oh, let's see, The Witch You Came from the Sea, Carnival of Blood, and The Premonition. Those are coming out. Sweep Carry box set. That's coming out on December 11th.
0: Yeah, so yeah that's really good. I've I've bought Carrie so many times that I'm just like, well, that's cool.
2: Yeah. I still haven't bought the Screen Factory one. That's the one I'm I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. So I'll I'll be happy with that. So yeah, that's Arrow for twenty seventeen. Very nice. Oh, excuse me. They said that uh, 2018 is going to be pretty stacked, so I'm already giddy. They're doing some
0: uh, some steel books. Looks like Bride of the Reanimator is going to steel book as, as well as a uh, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. So, so if you're a steel book uh, collector, you know definitely check that out. I'm trying to think of like how far back you know w- what we've missed. You know, but uh, uh, as far as the
2: as far as the steel books, the only three I know of are Bride of the Reanimator, Society, which I have. And uh Hellraiser, which I'm okay. going back and forth because I still want that. <laughs> I still want that scarlet box, God damn it. So, it's so anybody, oh man, so if anybody out there is feeling pretty generous this Christmas, hand <laughs> hands. <hint, hint. laughs> All right, moving on. That's me. Blue Underground, they're releasing Bob Clark's Death Dream on November 28th. This is a 2K restoration from the 35 negative. It's going to be a collector's edition combo pack. Let's see what's in this thing because it is pretty damn stacked. Here we go, Death Dream. Uh, Recollection with star Anya Liffey and writer, makeup artist Alan Ormsby. Damn, it's a lot. Theatrical trailer, collectible booklets, uh, limited edition packaging, slipcase, all that stuff. Wow, this is definitely worth it. I don't remember this movie at all. I saw it once on Netflix years ago, but I can't retain anything from (laughs) that movie. So I need to see this again. So there's another – Something else from uh, Blue Underground that I want to mention. Okay, both of their editions of Amsterdam and Dario Argento's The Stendhal Syndrome, apparently there's some kind of problem with the disc, so they've got a replacement program. So if you go to their website, they should have um, they should have instructions on how to get your replacement copies. So if you bought those already, okay. take note of that. I, I don't know what's wrong with them. I just heard this recently. Good to know. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, Severn are putting out The Devil's Reign on Halloween. There's a lot of bonus features for this one. And also, it's going to come with a slipcover, but apparently their slipcovers are almost out. So if you're a fan of this movie or if you're really, really curious about it, I mean, it's got an all-star cast. Uh, Ernest Borgnine's in it, William Shatner, Tom Skerritt. Who else was it? Oh, yeah. I think John Travolta has a small part. I might be mistaken, but uh, I'm really curious to see this one. So, yeah. And plus, you know, 70s Satan worship movies. I'm always down for that. Totally down. So that one's coming out on Halloween from Severin. And let's see. Next up, Scream Factory. Jackals comes out on October 3rd. I've been hearing good things about that. Uh The Dawn of the Dead remake is going to be a two-disc collector's edition. There's going to be two versions of that movie, new interviews. That one comes out on October 24th. Also a two-disc collector's edition is George Romero's Land of the Dead. That one comes out on Halloween. Again, two versions of the movie, two discs. All of the old features from that DVD are going to be ported over. Same thing with Dawn of the Dead. So if you like those movies, take note of those.
0: Did they say anything about a new transfer for the Dawn of the Dead remake? Uh yeah, it's supposed
2: to be taken. It's a new HD master okay. taken from the from the uh, from the digital. Because I think it was yeah, it was yeah, shot it was di- digital, yeah, right. And okay. the un- yeah, and the uh, the longer version is supposed to have HD inserts. I don't know what that means. Huh. If the thing is digital in the first place, I don't know. Same thing with Land of the Dead, by the way. Now, Silent Night, Deadly Night. That one comes out on December fifth, and it's going to be a 4K restoration of the original theatrical and unrated versions. Uh, as far as like the quality of that version, because I know there have been a lot of complaints about, you know, the uncut version that we got on the DVD and of course the the Blu-ray that Anchor Bay put out. So they're they say they are trying so hard to get it to match. The rest of the film as much as possible. So we'll see how it goes. But there's a lot new features, like a new interview with Lenny. I know, I know. (laughs) Dicey. Uh, New audio commentary with Robert Brian Wilson and co executive producer Scott J. Schneid. And there's, (laughs) I'll get this. Screen Factory are offering this package where you can get the poster a slipcover and a Billy killer Santa doll from NECA.
0: <laughs> that doll looks amazing too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know, me too. I mean, I I'm not a huge fan of the artwork for the the new artwork for the for the for the Blu-ray, excuse me, but that doll, man. I don't know. <laughs> That's tempting. <laughs> So that's Silent Night, Deadly Night. But the big news regarding Screen Factory that came out since we last spoke, Hell Night. 1981's Hell Night starring Linda Blair is coming to Blu-ray. That one is set for December 12th. It is going to be a collector's edition combo pack, but the extras haven't been announced yet. This movie is fantastic. I mean, if you you love early 80s slashers or – or haunted house movies. It's kind of a little bit of both. It's just fantastic. You you really, really need to pick this up. So what else is going on as far as home video news? I mean, that's it. But the biggest horror news that has come out since the last time I was on the show, Jamie Lee's back. Jamie Lee Curtis is
0: going to be a part of the new Halloween
2: as Laurie strode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they're doing this whole disregard certain sequels type thing or if they're just trying to make it just to do a straight sequel to 1 or 2, I don't know, but uh I'm interested in seeing or they may surprise us and keep them all wrapped together. I know people are, you know, all the fan theories are all coming out,
2: you know. I don't know where to wrap my head around that. I mean, I already said my piece about the the continuity of the Halloween series, way back when I first jo- when way back when I first joined. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just you just pick and you just pick and choose which continuity is yours. Or, you know maybe they might, like you said. I mean, I saw something on Twitter saying that Malika Khan said that this was going to be the eleventh chapter of Halloween. Okay. That kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, wait, so you're including the Rob Zombie movie? How? What I don't know if I don't know, I don't know if he's full of crap or high or or just trying to. I have no idea what this new movie is, nobody knows for sure. So, and we've got a whole year to just blow each other's minds about what this could be. Yeah,
0: (sighs) bring it on, bring it on. Sounds it sounds unconventional, uh, with the writers and director involved and everything. So, um,
2: and John Carpenter getting involved again, too.
0: Bring it on! I'm excited right. to see it.
2: So that's all I have, Sean.
0: What awesome, we, awesome, John. <laughs> thank, thank you uh, very much. We will, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time, and it will be in October. Yes, pumpkinize your Twitter icons. I don't know if people still do that. I've done it every year since I started Twitter. Do it the jack o' lantern. Uh, I think I this guess- is the
2: first. I think this is my first year I'm going to do that. Like nice. I've, I've, I've met so many great people via Twitter in the last year, and they're doing that shit. So That's I, fun. And
0: yeah. then, uh, choose your your October name. I've already, already chosen mine on Twitter. So actually, I haven't. I haven't uh, Tom Nix, actually, he was going around saying, if you couldn't think of anything or whatever, you know, let him know and he'll do the job for you. So he named a whole bunch of people, which is awesome. Um, so he named me Sean C. Duracula, <laughs> which is, it's, look, that's an easy layup, but I'll take it. It's good. Right.
2: I should hit him up too, because all I got is count Joshua. <laughs> that's it. I, I I need some ideas.
0: <laughs> so please hit him up, hit up Tom Nix. He'll help you out. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if people are still doing the, the, the jack-o'-lantern, you know, uh, but, uh, profile picks. but I, I've done this every year. He's the same one. So. You know, I did mine a little bit early. So October, come October 1st, we'll see who's still doing it. So I would, it's, it's fun seeing my timeline full of, uh, you know, orange and black jack-o'-lantern just makes me super happy in October. So all me right. too. All right, Josh. Thanks. No
2: problem. See you guys in October. <laughs> before
0: don't worry it's only a maddening horrifying nightmare or is it alright so Arrow Video um, what I love about them is they'll release you know pretty well known things things that we've all been anticipating and waiting for and then they'll come out and they'll release a movie like 1982's The Slayer it has an amazing cover art which maybe oversells the film a little bit but uh, this came out in 1982 directed by J S Cardone who also wrote the screenplay with Bill Ewing um and it's kind of a precursor in a sense to the Nightmare on Elm Street films um with the idea of you know trying to stay awake not going to sleep because when you go to sleep something bad will happen this, uh, these, um, I guess, uh, I don't know if they're all couples or there's some siblings there as well, right? They all go to like a island getaway, um, to kind of hang out and, uh, and party, I guess, and get away. And they kind of get str they get stranded on there because a storm is coming in and then some, you know, something starts killing them off, uh, one by one. Um, mostly while uh, our main actress, Kay, is sleeping.
1: And I, I'll interject with... So, The Slayer came out two years before A Nightmare on Elm Street, and I think a lot of people pushed this movie aside because they it, they assume that it's going to be something similar, mm-hmm. uh, because it does deal with a slasher movie and dreams and blah, blah, blah. But I... I would say that while Nightmare on Elm Street is clearly the more superior film, like, they're in no way, shape, or form the same film by, like, they have dream killing, and that's really where the similarities end. Um, I think that this is kind of, this is one of the better forgotten slashers that I've seen, but I wouldn't say that it's. Like a, an absolute must have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is one that I'm really, really glad that they put out because it is a lot of fun and the gore effects are pretty gnarly. Um, I feel like I just like went into my review immediately when I was just going to try to make a point about <laughs> Nightmare on Elm
3: Street. So my bad.
1: No, it's
0: all good. You know, um, Stephanie, what'd you, what did you think of the Slayer?
3: Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I, it seems like it's pretty divisive with a lot of people. Um, it's certainly not perfect. Um, you could argue it's on purpose. That's a little disjointed with the whole dream aspect of it, uh, but I thought it was very original. I thought it was pretty unique. And like BJ said, the gore effects were incredible. Like, if some people might feel themselves drift if they're not into the slower pacing, but once, you know, you actually see the kills, it's it pays off in my opinion. So I, th- I think it, it, it's definitely an unusual film, but I think it has a little something for everybody too.
0: Well, the, the kills, I think one of them in, in particular was enough for it to land on the video nasties list, I believe. So that's kind of where it's been, you know, um, why it's such a big deal that it's out and it's uncut because for the longest time it was presented in a, in a, especially in the UK, I guess it was, uh, presented in an edited version so but yeah i i really dug it Like, had a lot of fun with it um i kind of got the feeling after a while that it'd be kind of a slower pace film like a lot of kind of wandering around in um you know uh, empty rooms and basements and barns but um but i mean but it still kind of holds a sense of dread like um i know my my daughter's she gets she's so curious now like she's always like are you watching a horror movie can I come oh. watch a little bit so she would sneak in and I would kind of notice that she's watching with me and then she would be like okay later like but she would get like the suspense and get what it was trying to do and she wouldn't want to stick around to see the payoff but um but yeah I I I I liked it you know I thought somebody said to me on on Twitter cuz I said I was watching it they said uh have fun with your nap <laughs> you know, like, like, I don't,
3: yeah, I I got comments too. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Like I (laughs) give me a chance to see it.
0: So, I mean, I don't know if it's because of that, that I would like rebel and be like, screw you guys. I'm going to enjoy this thing. But you know, I, I had some fun with it, but yeah, I would agree. It's not a like must have, like I would say, if you, if you can, uh, you know, try to see it or, and I was it's tough now because some of the stuff it's hard to find legit you know ways to watch these to rent things like this. I know. Um, I'm and not sure. The air
1: release looks really, really nice. Oh yeah, and the sound is really good.
0: Yeah,
1: and a lot of times these forgotten slasher films get lackluster releases because sometimes the only thing they can find is like a shitty old vhs tape but the transfer on this is really really nice so if you're one of those purists that need everything to look perfect like this is one that i'll definitely
0: recommend it looks fantastic so i mean if you're going in craving like some monster movie because that's kind of what you know some of the screenshots i see on on you know the advertising for it, the covers, just fantastic. Um, with with that creature that shows up, you know, for not very long. But um, but yeah, I would mean, I would say def- definitely check this thing out.
3: I even some scenes I felt like there's a little bit of Carnival of Souls in there, and um, it's nothing like uh, the movie The Witch Who Came from the Sea, but when. I was thinking about um, movie titles and cover art and what the movie actually is, and it reminded me of The Witch Who Came from the Sea and just how completely different the expectations are <laughs> from what the, the film actually is.
0: Yeah, because I was going in, you know, thinking that I would see something just a off-the-wall crazy monster flick, but it's definitely not. It's, You know, I mean, it's definitely a lot more reserved than that, and I, I do like... The surreal elements, especially when you get towards the climax of the film. Like, I do like that you kind of, you know, you're, you're left kind of feeling like, well, all right, well, what exactly happened? You know, like, what is causing all this? You know, and, and is it, you know, is it her, her dreams or whatever? But, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot I think to really like about, about this film. And, um, I don't know it's not like a crazy film to really deconstruct and and but it's just it, it does it it gets the job done for anyone who kind of wants something a little bit different and something off the beaten path a little bit you know but yeah it looks it just looks amazing
3: yeah 4k scan from the original camera negative so they went all out for that yeah
0: VJ <laughs> did you have anything else to say about this layer
1: nope that was really it that i like it <laughs> I don't think that it's great, but I like it. I see it's Mm important. It is one of the better forgotten slashers. I'll give it that. It's not... And because... I guess... This is where I get a little soapboxy, Because it is one of the earlier ones, too, it's really easy to see some of, like, the gore effects or some of... Because this movie plays, like, a psychological thriller and a slasher Mm -hmm. and a monster movie, and it's kind of all over the place. Um... So I think people may dislike it because it doesn't follow the traditional sort of slasher formula, but that really hadn't been cemented yet. So I can't really hold that against the movie, and I think that's why people probably don't like it because it does sort of have that slow pacing, and they're used to kind of a like a slash and dash style of film, oh. um, and that's probably why this one gotten for this one got forgotten. In addition to Freddy Krueger coming and just. <laughs> you know, totally fucking up their gimmick. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you like slashers, this one I think is an important one to see because it is, it is different and it hadn't, it hadn't gotten sucked into the the slasher machine mm-hmm. yet. It was still trying to figure out how to put the moving parts together to perfect yeah. it. Yeah.
0: This is J.S. Cardone. I'm, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, Cardone. Uh, this is his first directorial, um... A stab at, at, at directing and some of those other movies he's directed i'm not 100 percent familiar with I, i'm wondering if if brad would be more familiar with them but he he is he wrote the screenplay for the stepfather the i believe the remake the prom the prom night remake and then uh even the covenant
1: <laughs> oh jeez.
0: also the forsaken so in the in the 2000s he had a rough go with some of these things are you guys there?
1: Yep. I just didn't think your joke was that funny, okay. so I didn't laugh.
0: <laughs> That's fine.
1: <laughs> I'm just being honest, Brad's not here, I gotta make up for yeah, it.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh the arrow release is pretty damn good. They of course like with everything that they do, they they go all out. There is close to an hour of a retrospective making of uh documentary. So, um, definitely worth it for that. Like these movies always, those types of things always make the movie even better for me when I kind of see what went into it and the, the memories that they had. There also, there's also a couple audio commentaries, uh, with JS Cardone, Eric Weston and Carol Cottonbrook. There's an auto commentary with the hysteria continues. Is that like a podcast or something or, uh, cause I've seen these guys do.
3: Yeah. It's like a British podcast.
0: They've done a couple commentaries before. I haven't listened to them because I've kind of, I'm a little wary of, you know, a comedy movie podcast person doing, uh, an audio commentary, but, but that's there. I hear people like them. I don't know.
3: Very diplomatic.
0: (laughs) I'm assuming both of you haven't, haven't heard, uh, their podcast. Have you?
3: I've heard a little bit. It's not for me, but you know. Which podcast I'm sorry.
0: Hysteria Continues.
3: I
1: tried a while ago, but it's not for me. (laughs) We're all diplomats.
0: I think I'm proving great. I think you're proving my point though in a roundabout way.
1: Well, I will I will say this while we're talking about it. There is a podcast, and I only feel comfortable recommending it on this podcast because it is is nothing like ours. But there is a comedy podcast called My Neighbors Are Dead that has been fucking killing me for two weeks now. Like, all the episodes are like 20 minutes long, but what they do is they have, like, a comedian, like, Paul F. Tompkins was on it recently, and what they do is they have them pretend to be a character that would be, like, a tertiary character in a horror movie. Um, and to talk about it from their perspective so like there's one who it's the guy was the caterer at Damien's birthday party in the Omen when the nanny hung <laughs> herself it's hysterical because it's just these people just going off the rip like there's uh, they do a child's play one and there's this woman who's like trying to be like somewhat of a crackhead who used to date Charles Lee Ray um, Paul F. Tompkins on his episode he plays the neighbors who live on the other side of the Freelings house <laughs> um it's unbelievable like i cr- it cracks my shit up some of them are better than others but the omen one got me blair witch got me poltergeist got me they just did one for Candyman that p- got me pretty hard um but yeah they're super super fast too they're like 20 okay. minutes 30 minutes if that so you can crash through them but they're super entertaining for anyone who likes horror. awesome
0: Awesome. All right, well, let's move along to our next film. Let's jump into Stream Screams.
2: Nate, wake up! There's something very important I forgot to tell you. Don't fucking scream
3: at me! If
1: you scream,
3: I'll bring
0: you Don't scream, miss. Don't scream. Today we are talking about a Shutter exclusive... This is a 2014 film uh, called Among the Living, not to be confused with Anthrax's third studio album of the same name. This is directed by Julian. Oh, I'm
1: sorry, Mari
0: ha! And Boo. Andrew and My jokes are just awful. I apologize. Um, this had its premiere in 2014 at South by Southwest, and it. Uh, what I like about among the living is you kind of get a perspective from, I think a few different people, you get a perspective from the actual, uh, this father and his, um, son and some shit that goes down with them. But then you also get the perspective from these three young adolescent boys, very similar to like the kids, you know, the kids in an eighties, you know, movie or the kids in it or, or whatever. Um, and then uh then you have kind of a you know i guess home invasion you know type film as well so like for me it felt like a mishmash of uh subgenres but uh, i really really dug the flick they of course these directors did uh the film inside which is uh one of my favorite of the french you know horror films that came out at that time
1: And what I find super interesting about this one is that it starts off super Mm -hmm. brutal and gruesome, and then it does, and then like it doesn't continue with it. Like it doesn't have that inside level of like just carnage, constant carnage. Like it then has a lot of like off screen Mm -hmm. kills, which I thought was really, really interesting, especially given that that's sort of what they're known for, and they did something totally different.
3: Yeah, that first scene you're like, yeah, these are the guys who made it Inside, I get it. But yeah, it it has so many layers to it.
0: Yeah, I almost was like not wanting to watch it because I knew that uh, they directed Inside. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> and I was finally I was like, well, it yeah. came around for me to just sit down and watch it. And I was like, all right, here we go. But uh, But yeah, it starts off that way and then you're kind of into you know, kind of, you know, you're following these kids around and they're all very, they're, they're, you know, they're little punks, you know, but they're likable and you're kind of get sucked into their story and kind of their struggles. You get a little bit of background on each of these boys and, you know, they get a, they, they get, they skip school. They're all in trouble anyway. So why the hell would we stick around to school? They, they, they go and skip and then they stumble across in one of their old hangouts That, uh, somebody has, is now living there and they, uh, see that somebody's potentially been kidnapped and, um, and it goes from there. And, and I like that it makes things interesting when they, when they go to the cops because they're well known in this small town to be troublemakers. So. you have that element in there as well, where the cops don't necessarily want to really believe these kids. Yeah,
3: I don't think you can gloss over where they hang out to play, though. It's it's a decrepit, abandoned movie studio. There's like a, a giant lamp. It's amazing. It's like the dream playground.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, man.
1: I mean, dream playground probably for weirdos like us, too.
0: <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, I would definitely, if if I live near a place like that uh, during the summer times, I would definitely probably be frequenting that, that place. It's uh, it's, it's really cool. So do this play in uh, theaters other than like festivals? Do any of you know,
1: to my knowledge? No. Um, and I think that's probably part of the shutter exclusive deal. Um, I know it did the festival run, but I don't remember hearing really anything about it until shutter got their hands on it. Um, I knew it existed because I'm a creep that stalks IMDb and I like these directors, but I never got sort of the art house trailer for it, which usually happens when it's playing. Um, like I have a. I have a theater near me that plays kind of all of those limited run special things. I'll do like a one night only special and I don't remember ever seeing this. So my assumption is that Shudder saw it at a festival, said, holy shit, we want this and mm-hmm. then bought it. But I could be wrong, so don't <laughs> quote me on that.
0: What did, uh, what did both of you think about kind of the, I mean, there's definitely three different, I, would, I don't know if they're acts, cause it definitely feels like three different films in a way, like you get, your, you know, brutal inside type film in the beginning. Then you get your kind of 80s, you know, kid horror in the middle. Uh, and then it breaks into more of a home invasion with, you know, uh, I don't want to give away the baddie in this because I think it's something that needs to be discovered for yourself. But this home invasion, you know, scenario, um, did you, what did you think of that? That breakup of these kind of subgenres.
1: No, I did actually kind of like that because it allowed some time to breathe, especially after the opening being so just holy shit. Um, so I, I don't know. I like it. I'm kind of over tradition and I like when people fuck mm-hmm. with structure, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, um, all that. I almost don't even think of it as three acts, even though it makes sense that way, because that ultra brutality happens before we're even 10 minutes in. Um, and you can almost say there's some it parallels with the losers mm-hmm. club uh, with the kids here. So um, if you're still kind of craving that feeling, this would probably be a good one. Yeah. Um, even though the overall structure is nothing like it. Um, I thought the home invasion angle was terrifying. I, I think it it might be because there are children involved. <laughs> Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, And one's an infant. So it's like, oh, my God, (laughs) it
3: it was definitely one. Oh, that was a nail biter. Um, I I, I think it did really well, even though um, towards the end, we really see the bad guy like full lit. But um, and there's some very, very brutal scenes. But building up to that was tension. Um, not really like cheap jump scares or anything. We really got to know the characters. So yeah, I, there's a lot in this movie, but I think it was all balanced perfectly.
0: Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a fan. Um, it's, so it's available on shutter right now. And if you haven't signed up for shutter, it's not that much a month. It's like,
3: it's just $5.
0: So yeah, uh, they, they give you the first month for free. Really easy to kind of sign up for it. I, and signed up for through Amazon Prime because you can add like channels or whatever. So I do like HBO and then I did shutter through Amazon and it's, I just open up the Amazon app and I can search any of these movies. that. Uh, so I just type in the, you know, among the living and it shows up and I just go to shutter and, and, and watch it. And so, um, I haven't dove into shutter that much just because I have my to watch piles are already out of control, but I like that there are these exclusives, especially shutter because, because you know, it's something that you're, you're not going to really see anywhere else. So It kind of gives you, you know, kind of forces you to, to watch it in, in a sense. But, but, uh, if, I mean, if more of their, orig- uh, of their exclusives are like this, like I'll definitely give them a shot. Is there, is there other horror exclusives that we should be maybe paying attention to that, that you both know about?
1: Uh, they have Prevenge. Okay. Um, the pregnancy, like written directed by a pregnant woman, starring a pregnant woman <laughs> horror movie. Um, it's pretty nuts. Um, I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna attempt to say the actual title because I will mispronounce it and sound like an ignorant American. Um, but they have the exclusive rights to the Ring versus the Grudge movie. <laughs> um, God. They have always shine, which is fucking great. Um, I really recommend that one. It stars one of the leads from the episode of, of uh, Black Mirror San Junipero that I love so much that is now an Emmy award winner, by the yeah. way. Um, yeah, it, Always Shine is fucking killer. Um, so I would definitely recommend that one too. As far as other exclusives, I don't have a list in front of me, yeah. but they do get pretty awesome stuff. Oh, I mean, they have 31 if you if you really oh. want to watch that they've 31. Okay, I'll maybe I'll um, find it do like that. The, I don't know. They do have the um making of and behind the scenes of 31, which I actually liked more than the actual film.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, so what the Rob Zombie does, he does a really good behind the scenes documentaries.
3: Yeah. I always love those.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, um thoughts on Shutter in in general, like I'm just finally jumping into it and at first I was like, do I really need another streaming service so i'm kind of late to the game i know a lot of the other sites and podcasts are talking about shutter and and everything and, and most of the stuff i was like well i can find that elsewhere so why would i need to to do that but they have like their library is pretty extensive so it's like if you're just jumping into horror like i would have loved to have this when i was first really starting to explore the horror genre more than just like the mainstream stuff you know because just just cause there's so much out there and it's like all right here and through shutter. Like, um, do, I know a lot of people don't collect Blu-rays like, like I do and they use exclusively streaming services. Do, have you, have any of you compared shutter versus like Netflix and stuff like that? As far as the horror selection goes, like they say that they, this, I guess supposed to have more than the other services. Is that true?
3: I would say so, absolutely. Yeah, casually scrolling and the fact that they take the time to um organize things into sub genres and everything. Um I think that that's pretty great too. Especially for people new to the genre. That's really helpful.
0: Awesome. Um any final thoughts on Among the Living?
1: It's gross at the beginning. <laughs> that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but give give it a shot. Like that—that that was the thing. Like when it started, I was like, "Oh God, here we go, here we go." And then it it gets to the kids, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll I'll settle into this for a little bit," you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that's all. That was almost needed. I think because the beginning is just so in your face.
3: Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I've I've actually thought back to it a few times after seeing it. So yeah, I would recommend it.
0: Oh, there's a pretty brutal kill in this too with one of the policemen.
3: I thought the father one was pretty terrible and humiliating
0: too. Well yeah. But there's a pretty good gore effect, I guess, is what I was saying. It's always good when uh people get sliced and diced in uh effective ways. Interesting ways. I'll leave it at that. But yeah, Among the Living, uh streaming now through Shudder, check uh check this out. And this and that's like it's not really set for any Home video release or anything that you guys know of. I think it's just shutter for now.
3: Yeah, it looks that way,
0: but this is the one I would love to see a physical copy with. Uh, I would love to see some interviews and stuff, but you know, whatever. All right. Let's jump into VHS. Oh my God. The you. Well, here we are last right where we ought to be. Oh my God. Today we are talking about a 1987 slasher? Uh, it's called Backwoods. It's also known as The Geek. Not related to Luther the Geek. But there is chickens. Uh, Sean, you're zero for three. <laughs> uh... IMDb just says this, a hillbilly father and its idiot son terrorize and murder campers. But I think it's a little more than that. Um, this couple who, for some reason, at one point, claimed to be brother and sister, uh, are on a camping trip and they help out this, uh, fellow, you know, he's living off the land. I wouldn't call him a hillbilly, but, uh, they help his daughter, uh, is having an issue. She's choking and it uh, turns out the man is a doctor he helps clear the airway and he they get invited to dinner with uh this father they don't take the daughter to a hospital which probably after that procedure they should just go directly to a hospital but they go back for uh for dinner and then of course uh he also has this uh uh son who's not all there and he terrorizes uh these two campers is that about it is that, is that is that a good enough uh, synopsis
3: yeah I
1: think I hated this
0: movie
1: <laughs> here I said it I fucking hated this movie I am so sick and done with fucking backwoods hillbilly <laughs> bullshit I can't do it anymore I've seen so many And I'm sure Brad recommended this because he loves it. But you know what? Brad's not fucking here. (laughs) So I hate this. I hate everything about it. It was not funny. It was not entertaining. I'm also bitter. That's fine. (laughs) But I just I can't deal with like the mentally handicapped redneck killing people. Like I just I I'm so sick of it and done.
0: There's not That's too it. many. That's my Not too many death scenes in this movie. Like this is like a slash, almost like a slasherless slasher in a sense. Because there's not
3: a. I do like your label of slasher. I think that was <laughs> pretty appropriate. <laughs>
0: <your> <laughs> the only thing I will say that I that I liked about it that gave it kind of a those that, that is that song that that opens up in the beginning, um, that song that they're singing or whatever that guy's singing like that kind of gives it a vibe. You know, that, I thought that was, you know, a bit creepy. Um, it is definitely like very slow paced, especially for like a 1987, what would be backwoods slasher. Like, um, yeah, I don't, I really don't know what else to say. I mean, there's certain things I did dig about it, but, um, but it's almost like it could have been like a short film. Like there's a lot of filler. Time. I feel in this one.
3: Yeah, I wish I felt as passionately about BJ about it, but I, I I love slashers. I love slashers. I don't mind seeing idiots run through the woods. I haven't quite hit my quota yet, but this one's kind of baffled. I was just waiting for it to be <laughs> I'm like, okay, that that was kind of a weird, goofy scene at the table. Maybe they're going to go a little weird. Nope. They'll pull back and it'll get more standard. It's like, Oh, ooh, that was a pretty decent kill. Maybe we'll get more fun. No, let's pull from that. Watch a guy talk next to a tree. It just, it doesn't really go all the way for anything. And it's, yeah, it, (laughs) it left no taste in my mouth, good or bad. It kind of just existed. I
1: think that's why it left such a bad taste in my mouth. Because it's so nothing, like I hate it. I'm sorry, I just hated it. And I'm sure like Brad's gonna listen to this on the way to to Fantastic fest and be like, "They're a budget idiots."
0: But uh,
1: there's
3: no one defending
1: he this. He won't.
0: He won't listen. <laughs> I would say instead of watching this, watch Just Before Dawn. Yes, uh, or The Hills Have Eyes.
1: Yes, agreed.
0: Um, Maybe Blood Tracks. Oh. Um, hell, watch Luther the Geek.
3: Definitely watch Luther.
0: Maybe. Out on Vinegar Syndrome.
3: True.
0: But, um, but yeah, I mean, a geek is a person, I guess, who bites the heads off chickens.
3: Yeah. I guess. Yeah.
0: They even have a definite uh, – is that a spoiler if I, they define it?
3: Yeah, <laughs> I love it. The by, it. by the way, is. this is a real thing. Here's the <laughs> definition. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs>
0: Well, this was released on uh, VHS in 1988, apparently, and uh, never. I don't know if it uh, made it to DVD or not. This is stuck on VHS for sure. It was apparently streaming on Amazon Prime for a while, but it has been uh, taken off because now it says, our agreements with the content provider don't allow purchases of this title at this time.
3: I wonder how many complaints they got when they took that off. I
0: don't know. If you're really curious, there is a decent VHS rip on YouTube, which I think I can endorse this type of stuff on YouTube because it's not available anywhere else. If you're curious and there's no legit way to watch something, definitely, uh, you know, check it out there. But, uh, we warned you. It's the promise there. It doesn't fulfill. Promising, (laughs) and I still don't know why they told that guy that they were brother and sister. Because like the next scene is them like getting it on,
3: some fun. (laughs) I
0: was like, I thought they were, I legit thought they were brother and sister, and I went, "Whoa, this just got crazy." Well, it's called backwoods, but you know, uh, but then I realized that they were they were just joshing with the guy. Apparently,
3: yeah. I'm sorry they fooled you, Sean.
0: (laughs) They totally did. Uh, I probably checked my Twitter or something like that and missed that they were messing around. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's Backwoods, everybody. Sorry, Brad's not here to gush for 30 minutes about Backwoods.
1: (laughs) He's going to be so bad.
0: (laughs) We've done this to him before. The VHS Oh My God segment is very much hit or miss because he picks all those. And, uh, sometimes there's some treasures in there and most of the time it's something that I wish I didn't sit down and waste an hour and a half.
3: Yep. <laughs> Just record a rebuttal with him later. It'll be great. Just ranting. Like that can hour. be his.
0: Gosh, we really need to do these. Uh, I, I got to get going on these special content for pa- for our patrons. I, I apologize everyone. We've been awful with the exclusive content, getting that out there. Um, our schedules have been crazy and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll ramp, we'll, we'll make up for it don't worry we will um but yeah you know maybe what i'll do is i'll have i'll sit down with brad for an after for a late night session and we'll talk about backwoods because i'll 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 need to ask him why he recommend this and and what he thought so if you're a patron patron subscriber uh i'll definitely make that happen perfect all right well um i guess that's gonna do it for this week's uh this week's episode Brad is going to be reporting in from Fantastic Fest uh, over the next week. We'll have a recap. We'll probably have Brad McCarg back um, as... Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk to all those guys from the last episode and see if we get by getting them back so they can recap it. And i can just going to sit back and drink while they talk, because that's what I did on the last episode. I, I barely had a thing to say. <laughs> um... Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs>
3: well,
0: that's going to do it for this week's episode. Please check out our sponsors. Go to the screencast.com slash sponsors and check all them out. Uh, of course, vinegar syndrome. We'll be doing a vinegar syndrome episode here um, very soon, probably within the next couple of weeks. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. My, my vinegar syndrome stack is starting to, uh, to get a little taller and they're, I'm expecting a shipment from them any, in a day now and uh, their october lineup looks off the charts so i can't wait for so we'll probably maybe october we'll do that and talk about all those all those flicks also coffee shop of horrors you can get 10% off by using the code screamcast over at coffeeshopofhorrors.com please check them out some amazing coffee from them they're uh Let's see. I'm not sure if you can get the 10% discount on top of this, you might, but they they do have a few products of the month, Harriman's Scarum, The Nut House, as well as Burial Grounds, and uh, they have a Earl Grey tea that uh, they have on sale as well. So check that out. Oh, and they made it. There's a note here that they they did make it through Hurricane Irma. Good. It's fantastic. Wonderful. Thank you, Jeebus. Uh, Grandhousevideo dot Please make them your first choice when you're searching for these flicks. Check them out over there. We, uh, I've been meaning to do a uh, a giveaway, but then that whole hurricane bullshit happened, so I haven't been able to. I need to get with Mike about doing a giveaway for our patrons. We'll do that very soon. So just check back on social media. I'll be letting everyone know. We'll do it. We'll try to do it live. Maybe I'll do it on a weekend so I can have my kids pull names out of the hat again. That was kind of fun. Um, also want to thank Maintain for making sure our site is safe and secure with the store and, and everything. Um, there's a link to check them out. If you're a website provider, uh, you may want to check them out and see if they can keep your site secure as well. Music by Wolfman of Mars and art by Kevin Spencer. Again, you can check all these things out over at the slash sponsors. You can also find all of our social media links over on the website. A uh, huge thank you to oneofus.net for hosting our show each week. Yeah. All right. BG, where can people find you rambling online this week?
1: You can find me on the Twitter. It's just my name, BJ Colangelo. Um, Got some cool stuff that I'll be announcing in October. So be on the lookout for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Very nice. And Stephanie, where can people find you?
3: Also on Twitter, um, under Scrawfish.
0: And you can find me over at Sean C. DeRigger on Twitter. All right. Am I missing anything? I'm trying to think. I hope not. Well, uh, oh, BJ, are you going to be doing a, uh, the, uh, the the little extra podcast thing? Is that still on the table or or no? I know you are a busy, busy woman. It
1: is definitely still on the table. <laughs> it is still on the table. We just have to find time to actually record. <laughs> yep, yep. All right.
0: Um, I have some other ideas for the uh, the, the patron extra, extra content. I need to sort it all out. Um, my schedule has been ridiculous lately and, and everything, but uh, we do want to make – you know, we I wanna give a huge shout out to all of our patrons. You guys um, really do help the show keep going. Um, and we wanna you know, definitely wanna create extra content for you. It will happen and we'll we'll be getting back into a, a normal schedule with that stuff. So you can check out our Patreon Patreon over at uh, patreon.com slash scream underscore cast. We want to thank all of you who give us your hard earned cash every month it is very much appreciated and really does help keep things moving also we're uh we're raising money for tiffany pace as you all know if you've been listening her husband dustin pace uh passed away um gosh uh unexpectedly we're we have a pin that he designed that we're working on getting out um in our store it's called the pumpkin duddy enamel pin all the money is going to uh, go to Tiffany. We still have, we've sold about 50% of those. I'd love to sell out of all of these. So um, please check that out over at the screencast.com and uh, our store. Um, so check that out there. And we also have a link to the GoFundMe that we have set up for, for their family. So, um, all right, that's all the announcements I have to Stephanie and BJ. Do you have anything else to chime in?
3: No, thank you. <laughs> all right. Nope. I thank
0: all of you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week.
3: Bye. Oh,
0: don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.